Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of Encouragement with Pastor Jamie Lingerfeld and myself, his co-host, Angela Lingerfeld. Let's be. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just thank you today for your word. Lord, I pray that it runs swiftly into our hearts and lives. And God, may it illuminate. And God, may it remove and illuminate any darkness in us and reveal it, Lord. And may we turn from it and turn to you. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that in life there comes a turning point. And I just thank you that today is that day where things are going to turn, Lord. And so we give you glory and we thank you for all that's been provided in Christ. And Lord, because of that, we are victorious. And Lord, we will not be denied the victory because of what Jesus has given us in Himself and in His sacrifice. So Father, let the victory that's found in the finished work of the cross, let it bring victory to all of us today. Our hearts, our minds, everything about us and bring transformation against anything the enemy has tried to bring against our lives. And so, Lord, also I pray for grace for all that serve these wonderful people here who work here, Lord, and who do uh, a job that is very difficult. And so, Lord, I pray that you would make grace abound to them, that they would not lack in anything to be able to help these people. And, Father, I pray for the people, Lord, that they would walk with you and closer to you. And, Father, any that are close to meeting you, I pray, God, that their lives are right and their hearts are ready. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you for a Bible. Thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk to you about the turning point. Uh, the scripture in the, in the book, of, book of Isaiah, and I was telling Angela coming up here, I, I love when Angela comes with me. Um, and I'll, I'm going to stay within 30 minutes, God willing. Uh, <laughs> it's hard sometimes. I get going about 15. Book of Isaiah, chapter 61 and um, I want to read there, and then I'm just going to do like normal, just share what God's put in my heart and what the Holy Spirit is revealing to me. Uh, Isaiah 61 reads, The Spirit of the Lord God, verse 1, is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that they may be glorified. I, I've been on a, a thought, I shared some Sunday night, uh, we were at the Civic Center with the group ministering, but I shared some, but this is the thought is that, you know, of course, we're in a, we're in a constant battle. We're, caught in, we're in between uh, the darkness and light constantly colliding. And what the Lord showed me is that there was a turning point that was going to come in all of our lives, and I believe is, is beginning and has already begun. You know, when we experience the presence of God, if we experience Jesus and the finished work of the cross by the Holy Spirit, we become free. We become free because of what Christ has already done. So when we experience the presence of Christ, there's nothing that the enemy may have brought into our life that can resist that because Jesus has conquered everything, including death, hell, and the grave. So the Spirit of God actually is what lifts the standard against the attacks of the enemy. So the Bible says when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against it. Well, how God does that is He does that through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He does that through the presence of God coming against everything that the enemy means for evil to us, right? It's turned for our good, right? We know, we know the Bible says that and all things work together for good. 
to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. So all things are working for our good, even though sometimes things look like they're working bad. But there comes a point where God turns everything around and makes it work for our good. And I believe Isaiah 61, of course, was talking about the Holy Spirit resting on Jesus. But now it rests on the people that serve God and the people that are ministering as well as the body of Christ. So what it's there to do is to actually bring healing to where people are sick. It's to bring freedom to where people are in bondage. It's to bring joy to where people are heavy. It's to bring comfort to those who mourn. The Holy Spirit was sent to make the reality of what Christ has done and how He conquered everything the enemy had brought against mankind. When we experience the presence of God, that is actually the standard that is lifted against the enemy. And all of those things which seem to trouble us just disappear. I don't know, the Bible says the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. All of the obstacles, the things that seem impossible, and the struggles that we have, they all just melt in the presence of God. Because I believe that God is Lord of all. I believe that He is the Lord God of all flesh and that there's nothing too hard for Him. We're so blessed to live in a dispensation of grace and in a time where all we have to do to have victory is to experience the presence of God because the presence of God is that which lifts the standard against anything we're dealing with. I remember one time I was struggling here about three years ago and I was praying in my driveway. And I love to pray and look at... I love animals. I love nature. It entertains me and makes me feel alive. So I pray uh, every day in my car, in the driveway, of course. But it's quiet, and I like to watch nature. And I, I remember, you know, half feeling like the enemy was really coming against me. It was attacking my mind. You know, I lost my peace. And I felt like, you ever feel like you're just in a battle, you know, that you, your mind's turning and it doesn't have peace and things seem to bother you that shouldn't and all of this stuff. So I went to the Lord with it. And the presence of God about 30 minutes into prayer just came over me. I'm, I mean, real tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. And when it did, all of that just disappeared. And then the Lord said, hey, where did your enemy go? And I said, well, God, I don't know. <laughs> I told him, I said, it feels like he was never here. And then he showed me the scripture in the book of Isaiah as well. He showed me a scripture that says you'll be able to search, you'll search for your enemies and not be able to find them. And so what happened is, by the way, the devil is not scared of people, but he is scared of Jesus and he is scared of our heavenly father. And he, he gets nervous when God starts moving on your behalf. The enemy starts getting nervous because he knows he's going to lose every hold in that he has or everything that's came against us is going to be turned. And I believe right now is a pivotal time in this spiritual season where God is turning everything around and making all things work together for our good. There have been times where I have gone through th things that were so bad that I said no good could ever come out of this. I don't see how God could get good out of something so bad. I see how now. I catch a glimpse of it now. It happens because the Spirit of God brings victory. Paul said that he was persuaded that nothing could separate him from the love of God. And he was persuaded that we were more than conquerors through him who loved us. And because of what Christ did, we can. God never intends for us to be defeated on a single battle. We're never supposed to lose them. Now, you're going to be in a battle. And like I was telling, we, we had family prayer at my house this week, and I was telling my children, I said, you know, you know how you know, you know, my girls don't fight. I said, you know how your daddy used to know he was in a good fight when he was before he was a Christian? And Faith said, no. I said, because you get hit, and then you know you're in a battle. Well, sometimes, you know, when you're in a spiritual war, 
even though you cover yourself well and you try to defend yourself with the sword of the Spirit and the shield of faith, we still sometimes take a lick. But the good news is God is the one that fights the battle. We fight the good fight of faith. The fight of faith is not to give up hope on God. The fight of faith is to believe that God will do what He said. The fight of faith is to believe the impossible in the face of all darkness. But it's God's responsibility to win the battle. And the battle's been won. And when we experience the presence of God, we become a more than a conqueror. Jesus conquered. And then we become more than that. So everything that the enemy brings into our life that means for evil, God will turn for good. When we should not have peace, right? Many people describe going through traumatic things that they don't. They have, the, they have peace that passes understanding and they don't understand how they could even have peace. How is that possible? Because of Jesus. Because He crushed the enemy and destroyed Him when He died on the cross. And so because of that, Jesus was chastised so me and you have peace. And, it, and here's the thing, it doesn't cost anything. It's available for free. Sometimes as ministers and, and, and as believers, God calls us to step into dark places and to bring love and encouragement and light to those that don't have it. And sometimes going into darkness, of course, you come across the enemies. But the fact is, no matter what comes against me, there is many, many dark forces that are a whole lot bigger than Jamie. But there are very few, and better yet, there are none that is bigger than Jesus. So we're all going to face battles, but God wants you to know if you've been struggling or you just, sometimes people just get heavy. You know, when you go through a lot of trials or a lot of difficulty, maybe, you know, and a trial can be anything from problems with family to problems in your body to anything that's struggling with, that you're struggling with this, that you can't seem to quite get licked. I want to tell you that there's a turning point coming. The book of Psalms, I believe it says Psalm 30, it says, you have turned for me my morning into dancing. And you have taken off my morning clothes and have put on joy or gladness. Or you have clothed me with gladness and with joy. So I want to say this, that to all pain and suffering, there will be joy if we will get alone and get in the presence of God. We have to change sometimes before our circumstances change. And I think that that's part of the design. Oftentimes, God transformed my heart and satisfied my need. Sometimes we think what we need is really not what we need. Sometimes we get, you know, the enemy can deceive you and say, well, you know, if you had this or that, then that would make you happy. Well, you know how I know it's a lie because when I experience God, I don't want that anymore. Because <laughs> no longer the desire is gone, which means it wasn't really what I wanted. What I needed was God. What I wanted was this. But thank God, Father, the Father, that give, He gives us what we need, even though we don't always get what we want. <laughs> Amen. He's a good Father. He, he knows what He's doing. He's persuaded me after 20 years of ministry and being married 20 years and being a dad and all that, you know, that God's good at what He does. <laughs> and I hope that the rest of my days, you know, one of my greatest prayers is, Lord, you know, give me the mercy to know and to be faithful to you and to see your goodness and all the, the many great things that you do. And the land of the living show me. You know, the Bible says Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good 
and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Jesus was doing exactly what Isaiah 61 said thousands of years before he was born. He had come to turn the tide of darkness back. He had come to turn depression into peace and joy. He had come to turn everything, sickness into healing, blindness into seeing. He was sent in the power of the Holy Spirit, just like some are still sent, to come and to bring instant change to situations and lives. And it's only possible by God. So please don't misunderstand me. God uses people. But anything that transforms lives is not God. It's not a man. It's God doing the work itself. But the joy of the Lord is our strength in the face of times when we should not be happy. I've experienced difficult things. Me and Angela, you know, we have... We lost, uh, we lost two pregnancies. One was twins, uh, of which I cleaned up because Angela just didn't want to go to the hospital. Um, that was her choice. And of course, you know, when someone's having a miscarriage, I'm not arguing. I want, I, it's, she's the one that's going through it. So I, I just want to help, I, you know. But I can tell you this much. I know that the presence of God is real. And I know that the joy of the Lord is real because when I prayed the morning after, I lost those children. I, I still to this day don't understand why. I mean, I know... Doctors really don't understand what causes miscarriage. They, they think they do, but they really say it's really, we not, we, there's nothing we can tell for sure. One thing I can tell you is that the peace of God was present. That God comforted me and held me as if a man was holding me in his arms, even though he was not there visibly. And I was comforted because of what Christ did for me and you and for every human that wants to be victorious. Oftentimes what we need and what we want is not the same. What we need is God to turn our situation around and for there to be such a change in our life that even everything about our appearance changes. You know, if you take off, it says in, in Psalm 30, if you were to take off your clothing, that's sackcloth. It's what they wore when they mourned. And it says, you have taken off my sackcloth and you have clothed me with joy. What God was trying to say is when I, the turning point is so strong that when I'm turning things around in your favor, that I'm turning it so much that even your appearance changes. Even the outside changes because the inside has reached a turning point. And I believe that turning point for all of us is today. I believe God's saying He's turning everything around for our good. The Holy Spirit was sent. The power of God was sent to turn anything evil and make it work for your good. And so I have been wrong in times when I said nothing good can come out of something this wrong. I've been wrong. Because I've seen God work and how God uses everything for His good. And even though the enemy sometimes brings in, the Bible calls it a light weight of affliction. It's kind of like this. The only light weight of affliction is somebody else's. <laughs> that's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. But sometimes the only light weight of affliction is the one that's not, I'm not dealing with. It's a joke. It's kind of like they say, you know, the only, you go to the doctor and the only minor surgeries, the surgeries happen to somebody else, right? Well, the Bible says that, that our light affliction, which endures but for a moment, is working for us a far greater, a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So even the things the enemy tries to bring into our life, God meets them with good and brings life to them. And we actually end up in a greater place in the ending than where we were in the beginning. And we always get back more than what we lost. You always get back more than what you lost. You remember in David, when he was, doing, he was in the middle of different wars and all, and they'd come and burn Ziglag with fire and they took all his women took his wives, took all his children, and they were tired from fighting battles elsewhere, and they come home and everything was gone. 
And he went to God and said, God, what do you want me to do? And God said, you pursue him because you will without fail recover all. Meaning that there was a turning point coming that no matter how bad it looked at that point in time, if David would be obedient to God and would pursue the one that came and stole the things that he had, that he would get it back. Now here's what he got that God didn't say. Had to breathe. What he got that God didn't say was he got all the spoil of the enemy too. He got all his wives back. There were none of them hurt or harmed like physically. He got everything that was taken from him back. And it says he got everything that the other army had, he got it too. And it was so much that they were dividing it up all the way home. They were talking about who was going to get what out of what the other army had because they destroyed them. So sometimes, my point being, sometimes, yeah, it looks like the enemy comes in like a flood and things get burned or washed away or overwhelmed. But the good news is that God always turns all of it for our good. And when God moves that in our life and He comes on our behalf and He makes things like what Jesus paid for, that not only do we get the victory, but we are not just a conqueror. But we become more than a conqueror. And now we get things and we get to a place in the spirit and sometimes in the natural to where we were not before. I don't know about, I don't know about anybody else, but you know, I've lost stuff as being a Christian. I've made bad decisions. Some of what has been taken from me in my, in my ministry and life was things I made bad decisions on. Some of it was just the enemy. But what I have found out is when God restores it, it's always better than before. Even our human body is set up that way. Even the body is made that way. If you break your arm and you let it heal, when it's fully healed, it's stronger than before. Medically, they, you can x-ray it. Anytime there's a break, once it heals back, it's always stronger. That point is stronger than the rest of the arm. God made our human bodies even so that we can understand who He is and that we have, we have victory. So the good point is, yeah, sometimes the enemy comes in like a flood. Yeah, sometimes we get attacked. But the good news is God is turning all of it and making all of it work for my good and your good. I'm persuaded that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that, that shall be revealed in us. Sometimes, though, it ain't comfortable I think sometimes we get the misunderstanding, you know, especially as American Christians, that as a Christian, everything's always going to be perfect. No. And if someone told you that, they lied. The good news is everything eventually will be good. But there are times where we go through loss and then we're restored. There are times where we go through battles. There are times where we sometimes we get hit. But the good news is God hits back. And see, if you can imagine, you know, my wife, uh, she's, she has so much uh, self-control and such a, very, a, very, such a blessing of a, of a woman who walk, tries her best every day to walk in the Spirit. She's a person. She's not perfect, but she strives to walk in the Spirit. But one of the things I have noticed throughout time that really bothers her besides driving, you know, people cut her off and track, things like that, but it don't bother me. I drive slow anyway. But... Besides that, the only other thing that has really made her angry, now she hasn't always sinned because of it, but it still became visible because I know her that she's mad. Is someone messing with her kids. Someone messing with one of her children at school. I remember Faith went through a time where she was being bullied. Oh, mercy. 
It's like waking up a, a, a mama bear when the cub is screeching. Boy, that mama comes up there and Angela, you know, Angela would tell me, I just got to go pray so I don't do something that I'm not supposed to. I need to go, you know, I just got to get help from God so I don't mishandle this situation. Here's the facts. Life happens to everybody. You have no control over sometimes with the things that come in your life, but you do have the control over what you let stay in your life and how you react to what comes in your life. Those things we do have a choice over. And of course, Angela, nine out of the probably ten times, handled it perfect. I don't know how, so I believe it was probably God's grace. But I'm saying that when the enemy picks on you, your father don't like it. And I tell you, he comes running when we call. And when the enemy starts a battle with us, he starts a battle with your father in heaven and all of the heavenly host. He picks a fight that he knows he can't win just because that he can't help doing it. The Bible says the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, right? But Jesus said, I came to bring life and then life abundantly, more abundantly. So, yeah, the enemy comes in. But then life comes in and then an abundance of life comes in. So you are unconquerable and undefeatable if you walk in Christ. And if you don't give up. So what is the fight and what is the battle? The battle has been won by Jesus. The fight is the fight of faith. Is a difference between the fight and the battle. The battle has already been won. If you get to the end and you don't quit, you win. But there are times where we have to fight the fight of faith and we have to believe until we inherit the breakthrough that we need or until we inherit the thing that we need to turn everything back around in our lives. But I know that the Lord told me this morning without any question that that point was now. That He's turning everything around for our good. I've got about eight minutes. God is working on your behalf even when you can't see He is. And the times in my life I noticed, um, you know, I haven't always lived a victorious Christian life even as a minister, but there were times in my life that I thought that nothing was happening and things were the worst, that God was actually doing the greatest amount of things behind the scenes to set the stage up for the greatest victory I've ever had. So if you come into the greatest battle that you've ever been in your whole life, and you feel like that you're facing more difficulties, more struggles, and more impossibilities than ever. The good news is you're going to be involved in a move of God that's greater than what you've ever experienced. And a lot of Christians, they cry out, you know, Lord, I want more. Or God, I want to experience you more. Or Lord, I want more of you. Or I want to know you better than I've ever known you. Well, sometimes it comes through difficulty. Sometimes, you know, knowing God is a healer, sometimes the way that happens is you get sick. I hate it. I hate being sick. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't a happy sick person. Uh, I, I, I have a, a, my doctor, Janice Reed, she's a, she's a missionary. She's a lady doctor. And, you know, I've told her several times, you know, I said, you know, I'm sorry if I complain, but you know, all men are really babies. And she said, that's the truth. None of them will admit it, but that's the truth. Well, you know, I don't like being sick, but I will tell you one thing. I love being healed. And I don't like sometimes struggling with peace or, or having a, a battle going on in my head. But I love the peace of God that passes all understanding. Sometimes I don't like the suffering or difficulty that comes because we live in a fallen world. But I love the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. In other words, sometimes I don't, I don't really prefer to lose loved, people, loved ones. But the fact is, at some point we all will die. And I don't want to lose anyone I love, but when my father passed away a few months ago, uh, how long has it been, maybe about four months? January. When Daddy passed away in January, 
it was kind of sudden, you know. Everybody said it was unexpected. I don't never expect death. <laughs> I don't ever think, you know, someone's just going to die. But anyway, my father did, you know, and, I, and the comfort that God gave me and the things that He showed me in His, in His Word about life after death, things I had never seen. You know, I've read my Bible many, many times through, and I love my Bible, and I try to read it every day along with prayer. And have read the New Testament. I read the New Testament about every month or six weeks all the way through. But in saying that, I received revelation of something that was written in this book because I experienced God during the midst of mourning and difficulty. And I saw God turn all of that around and give me joy. At my father's funeral, to be totally honest, I was full of joy. A lot of people said, you know, well, the best funeral I've ever been to. And I said, you know, the reason I can laugh in the midst of, of hurting in my heart it's because Jesus gave me the victory and because my dad had the same victory when he died. So I know that my dad lives forever. But the comfort that comes with a cost or the joy that comes with a cost or the anointing that turns our life around, our ministry around, everything around, that type of anointing often comes with difficulty. The Lord allows things to play out. He lets the enemy play all the cards in his hand, the enemy. And then God comes in with the wind in hand and takes the whole pot. But it's like a chess match. You know, we're in the middle and God is making calls on what people, what He's doing and, and darkness is doing. You know, by the way, you'll never beat God at chess because He's been looking at what the enemy's going to do since before creation. He's, been, he's seen it a long time ago. You're not going to be, you're not going to out-strategize against God. And I want to say something else too. New Testament Christianity teaches against reacting in violence when we are faced with violence. That's New Testament Christianity. It talks about that if, you're an, if a person slaps you, not to even resist them, but to turn the other cheek. In other words, if someone hits you, it's impossible. It's impossible without God. You can't do it. But with God, you can. Hey, anybody can love someone that loves them. But someone slaps you now. The Bible says not to even resist them. My point being this, anybody can react flesh against flesh. But I will say this, you'll never defeat a force of darkness if you get into the flesh and try to handle it carnally. You'll never do it. You get the beat every time. You can't beat a spirit if you're battling with flesh. And I am making no judgments on anybody that runs our country or anything like that. I'm saying I have to preach the Bible because it's all I got. And the Bible teaches against reacting in violence. I don't fault anybody. I do not want to be president. You do not want Jamie to be president of this country. However, I have to preach the truth. And the truth is that reacting against someone hurting us, that, is, that doesn't take any of God. God is not involved in man reacting carnally in flesh against flesh. That's not God. No matter what everybody thinks they said or what Old Testament says, Jesus didn't resist death and the, the, the apostles right after them. None of them ever fall. Matter of fact, the Bible says that those that live by the sword will die by the sword. I tell the girls all the time, you know, I have guns because I like to hunt. And, uh, and I like to shoot guns. And, and, you know, all my daughters, with the exception of the baby, she just has a BB gun. Uh, they love to shoot. Now, Destiny, the one that comes with me the most, she loves to hunt. She loves to kill. But the older two just like to shoot guns. But, you know, people talk about carrying a gun. And, you know, because I was a drug dealer for so long and because I was a a rough character, to say the least. 
Even now, I do not take a weapon with me anywhere I go because I don't want that to be an option for me. I lay my sword down because I know that I want to pick it up. So I, I just leave my sword at home. Now, other people I know, they, can, they have carry permits and they carry a gun with them and they don't have any problem not using it. But I know me and I don't need to carry no gun around with me because reacting in violence against violence is not solving anything. The real heroes of the faith and the real Christians and leaders of the church, the, a body of believers, are those that know how to pray against the forces of darkness. They know how to pray strategically against the things that's causing the people to do evil things. There are people who do mean things. If you don't believe it, just go pull out on the highway up here. There are people that do horrible things and mean things. But the problem is what's motivating them, not them, we don't wrestle flesh and blood, right? We're not here to fight against the person. We're here to love the person. However, we can fight by praying against the thing that's influencing people to do the wrong things. Amen. Our responsibility as Christians is to pray. And, and on, on top of that, pray for those who are in conflict. Pray for our soldiers who are and some have no choice in the middle of the battle. When you're in the army, just like when you're in the army of God, you have no choices over what's being said. When you get an order, you either you obey or people die. And when you're in ministry and you're a leader and you love God and God says, Jamie, you're going to go to Nineveh. It don't matter how far I try to go in the other direction or how fast the ship is. There's always a fish somewhere to catch me and take me back because I'm supposed to go here. Yes, I have a choice as a, as a minister and I do have a choice but in reality, I really don't. If I love my wife, I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do because if I don't, she's going to face things because of my choices that are wrong. I make enough mistakes on accident without purposely trying to make mistakes. And I know a lot of people might like that, but in this person, I don't do well. You know, I, <laughs> I don't need to add none. I don't need to do no willful things that I know is wrong. 